Welcome back to the White Gray Black Weekly Manga Podcast. My name is Bruce, the producer of the White Gray Black YouTube channel. With me again this week is Gautam. What's up? This is a book club, but not for books. It's for manga. And what are we reading? Everything that's currently being published. This week, we're talking about One Piece Chapter 1081, a new series from the creator of Kuroko no Basket called Kill Blue that premiered in Weekly Shonen Jump, and of course, our classic favorite, Chainsaw Man, Chapter 127. So, let's get started with a little bit of news this week. Um, This is a fun one to start with. There is going to be a Mashal stage play in Japan, which was just announced. Oh, okay. I, it's, have you watched any stage plays before? I saw a recorded version. There's a near automata stage play called like children of something or boys or girl. I don't remember exactly. I watched a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Do you remember I what that, that one was? Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen it, but I hear that's like lore relevant. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just read what the plot was of that one. Um, I'm not, I don't really like stage plays, like, based on things that aren't, uh, like, I, I don't like stage plays based on shows or anime or anything like that. I, I do like Broadway stuff and musicals, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not really big on, I agree, on, the stage like, is a, anime adaptation. yeah, the stage is a different beast, sort of, compared to other media. The stage is... I don't even know how to describe it. I mean, I've I've done some work on stage, obviously, in the past, not nothing recently, but, um, yeah, it's a manga being adapted onto a stage play feels weird, and I, from what I understand of most of these stage plays, is they're kind of like, I don't want to say cheap cash-ins, but it's kind of the same angle that, like, um, what's the, the, like, cafes that pop up, right? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like the Jojo cafe and it's like, okay, it's just a cafe and they've, you know, slapped there. Although I heard the Jojo one was really good, but like some of these cafes, right. It's like, Oh, you know, you know, random rom-com cafe. And it's like, Oh, there's a, there's a parfait on the menu. I promise. And it doesn't have anything to do with what's in the actual thing. I I don't think these are quite as low effort as that. Obviously putting on a stage production is a high effort kind of thing. It's just kind of, I don't know, especially something like Mashal, which is like magic and super strength and stuff. I, could be fun. It doesn't, yeah. Who knows? Like, but I, feels I, strange. I feel like um, live action anime suffers for a very similar reason. And mm, that's yeah, the I only agree. reason I said I think Roni Kenshin works is because uh, Kenshin, while not grounded compared to reality, is still way more grounded than like Mashal, right? Um, yeah. And yeah. I feel like trying to express like a cartoon effectively in with live action people, it's just it's hard because you inevitably make comparisons back to the original. For sure. And I mean, stage would, play, yeah. yeah. Sorry, it was very ahead. much. So I was just going to say, it, it'd be very much like trying to do, um, I don't like, like Wile E. Coyote versus the, the Roadrunner, right? It's like, that <laughs> doesn't, that's a cartoon. It's sort of physical and animated, and that's like the, the beauty behind it, the purpose of it. And to kind of put that, one, into live action, and two, on a stage feels... Strange. Now, I have seen, I saw a production of Lord of the Rings on stage, which, if I hadn't seen it, I would have said, oh, that'll never work on stage, there's too much magic, there's too much special stuff. Now, the production that I saw was, like, in London, 10 or more years ago, no, like, 15 years ago almost now, um, and it was, like, a multi-million dollar production, like, extremely high budget. In those instances, I think it works. 
I don't think that's what Japan is doing. I don't think that's what Mashal's doing. So, yeah, and it, a similar comparison. I saw the Lion King, and that worked really mm-hmm. well too. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, and that's a cartoon. But yeah, but it's I, also but the so you saw like the New York style yeah, production of Lion King, right? That's like yeah. a totally kind of reimagined version, though, right? I mean, effectively, it's like the, the same story, but yeah. yeah, the costumes are all sort of unique and different. So yeah. But cool. yeah, interesting. Uh, I don't. I don't think it'll be great, but I, I don't think any stage play is great. You know. So. Yeah. We'll yeah. Um, one other real quick, just quick thing to add in the news. So, me and Roboco, that is the comedy um, in Weekly Shonen Jump. That anime is coming out in May. We got that announcement. Um, and now for the big news, the big tall news: One Piece X McDonald's crossover. <laughs> It's happening, and this is my favorite. This might be that's, my favorite picture so of 2023 so year, this year. Bro. It's so good. Big hat Zeph right there. Zeph with a hat that's like how many? Like literally five stories tall. If you include Zeph, so he's good. like six and a half stories tall. It's so goofy, <laughs> but like, yeah. Speaking of, One Piece is pretty good at not getting low effort uh collaborations and crossovers that's probably just yeah by virtue of it being the largest comic property outside of superman so i don't know this is hilarious i think i've got one more picture in here interesting that you mentioned that because like if you look at that zeth ad right like it's uh it is mostly one piece with mcdonald's in the background is and that's usually not the case yeah yeah i mean it is literally a regular mcdonald's poster it's like a yellow thing. It has two high weird looking sandwiches. I don't, someone's weird, weird with a bun on those. Maybe so they're bad. breakfast. Yeah. Uh, yeah. They look kind of weird. And then there's just a picture of Zeph and his hat is really tall. If you're listening yeah. to us, um, audio, just search for one piece X McDonald's crossover. I on Google and I think you'll find it. Uh, it's a really goofy picture. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what to say about this other than it, it makes me smile in a way. I like it. Yeah. It's pretty goofy. Um, all right, what else? Uh, this, we have an announcement. Uh, this is the Hinamatsuri creator, Masao Otake, was starting a new manga series um, on the alternative web service Harta Zero. Is that right? In late April 2023. I don't think we have a title for this. We only have this preview image, which feels very Hinamatsuri to me. You, I believe, I watched the anime of Hinamatsuri. Did you also, or did you read it? I read it, yeah. I read it yeah, I think uh, I maybe read, a while ago. Yeah, I think I maybe read to finish the story after I watched the um, anime, because I don't think the anime adapted all of it, but what a one very of the good. funniest manga and anime I think I've ever seen. Yeah, it is It is just very solid, uh, through, through and through, and it has a lot of heart as well, surprisingly. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, it does. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this. I bet it'll be fun. Yeah, I think, I mean, this looks, it looks very similar, kind of. Uh, the yeah. premise of Hinamatsuri was like a, was it a Yakuza guy adapts, uh, adopts a hyper-powerful Esper girl? Alien girl. Alien yeah. Esper girl, yeah. And this is like, oh, this is going to be the same archetype as Hina was in the original, but she's got a gun instead of Esper powers. She's like a hyper-competent killer. I can see this being very similar premise, but yeah, you're definitely right that um, Hinamatsuri was one really funny and two yeah had a lot of good heart good character writing um all the side characters are really great which is one of those things that really makes comedies shine um but the lead character is also great so i'm looking forward to this this i'm excited for this because i didn't get to read hinamatsuri as it was uh, published so yeah for sure it'll be hype cool 
Um, speaking of new announcements, uh, our favorite author, Kaguya-sama creator Aka Akasaka, has another new manga called Renai Daiko. Uh, loosely translated, that's going to be like Love Agent, uh, with art by Nishizawa 5mm. I don't know why that's the artist's name, but it is. Um, that's going to be in Weekly Young Jump starting April 27th. So in about a week, new series from Aka Akasaka. Um, he is doing a lot right now. Damn. And that's, I, th- I think that new series is going to be huge because everything, so I follow, you know, a good deal of sort of anime manga people on Twitter. Uh, about a week ago, maybe not even a week ago, maybe like four or five days ago. No, it must have been about a week ago. Um, Oshinoko episode one anime dropped. Literally my entire timeline was about episode, the like 90 minute special episode one of Oshinoko. We might've talked about that. I think we talked about it last week, but yeah. Um, and so I think people, I mean, Kaguya-sama was already massively popular. I think Oshinoko is going to be equally, if not more popular. I think Akakasaka is going to be a household name in Japan, at least. Um, and him launching a series right now is going to be, I think, is going to be really big. Um, even if I think it's a weak first chapter, I think this still sells pretty well. So uh, curious to check that out. We'll probably get a translation um, maybe not for next episode, but maybe in, in two episodes we'll get one. Uh, assumedly if that, that launches in exactly a week. So we should get a translation in a day or two after that. So there's a manga that came out like a year ago with a very similar name to this called love toxin mm-hmm. or maybe it's marriage toxin marriage toxin. Marriage. Yeah. A lot yeah. of people talk about that. I remember reading, I think the first chapter and was like, ah, oh, that was okay. Um, but yeah. it didn't stick with like me. Two or three. A lot of people rave about that now, and I'm kind of curious to go back and check it out. So I might do that. It probably it probably got better, and uh, yeah, because I, I had the same kind of experience where I read like two or three chapters, and I was like, okay, that's fine. It wasn't bad, but I, I wasn't interested to keep going. But it sounds like it got better. Yeah. Well, and sometimes we've talked about this, but sometimes um, the the writing in the first volume will take a big twist at the end of volume one, and that kind of pulls people in. So maybe. Maybe it did something like that or introduced some new thing. But yeah, we should uh, we should maybe think about checking that out. Um, did I grab a picture for this one? I didn't. Okay. Uh, another new announcement. I just thought this was a weird, <laughs> random thing to see. Uh, a new ancient India historical manga series tentatively titled Jaina by Inami Kota starts in Monthly Young Magazine um, on July 20th. Uh, historical manga about the first unification of ancient India following two men, uh, Chatragupta and Kautilya. You might have to get that second one for me. I don't know. I don't know how to pronounce it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. I I just, it's, there's always. The first one is Chandragupta though. Yeah. Um, I don't know how to, uh, I don't know the second one. Um, But what do you think of it? Because it's like, it's interesting to hear that. It's like, it's cool. As an Indian, it's like representation neato. Uh, but at the same time, I find the premise of doing a historical manga to sound dull. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if any historical manga outside of like Kingdom, Kingdom, Kingdom but Kingdom's manga. also kind of uh, dramatized, I would say, probably to a severe, severe degree. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's also it's also strange. I was thinking like if they announced, I'm trying to think of something comparable. Like if they announced like, oh. A Japanese author is going to write about, you know, Native American, like Cherokee tribe unification in Texas or something. I would be like, uh, are they the right person to be writing that? I don't know. 
Um, but I don't know anything about this author, so maybe maybe they have Indian heritage. Maybe it's just something they maybe they're a scholar and they want to write it. Who knows? It just sounded like something that's like, oh, that's a very different, uh, very different theme and idea and story from most manga you see. Uh, Japan and India are actually kind of tied together. Uh, like a Japanese people go to India and are kind of fascinated by Indian culture. Oh, yeah. Not to the extent that they're fascinated by and by French culture, of course. Uh, yeah. That's that's their number one. Um, but I, I kind of get why I'm like I'm not surprised to see an ancient Indian historical manga series being created. I just don't know yeah. if it'll be interesting. Uh, I think if it's heavily, uh, if it's like heavily dramatized, like Kingdom or like Vinland Saga kind of a thing, right? Yeah. Then then it, then it could be very cool. Yeah, so hopefully I, I don't know if I would call Vinland Saga historical. It uses some names from history. I don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't consumed much of Vinland Saga. I don't think it's actually based in much historical fact, other than a couple of named characters. But yeah, um, yeah, like a fictional character in a in a book, in a historical, book, historical setting. Setting, yeah, yeah. Something yeah, like that. It's interesting you mentioned the link between India and Japan, though, because that speaking of Aka Akasaka and Kaguya, um, I. It was remembering the like minor. It was just one chapter in Kaguya where one oh, of the yeah. characters like, goes, goes to India. Too. Maki goes to, he India, goes to India, India, and that was hilarious because I believe that Aka said that he like I don't remember if he wrote it in his notes or something, but he was like, "Oh yes, I wrote this chapter so that I could take a vacation to India and like take pictures for reference." So that's like the only reason that he wrote that chapter. <laughs> that's great. Uh, d- d- dude knows how to balance work life clearly. Uh, yes, I think that's a, that's a page everyone. I think he has hacks on though, right? Because he's such a valuable person within the industry that he has the Oda privilege of doing whatever the fuck he wants. He does, yeah. Power comes with being successful, absolutely. So yeah. Um, one real quick plug I saw that is interesting to me, and maybe maybe some other people listening. Um, Manga Plus, which is one of the big Western reading sites, right? Manga Plus is where I read. Chainsaw Man and Dandadan and One Piece. Um, generally a superior reader experience over Viz, who sometimes publishes the same things. Um, they have an official Twitter account, uh, which they did not in the previously, which is kind of strange. Uh, but that's manga plus underscore O. Uh, so if you want to, go follow that. I followed that. I Surprisingly enough, most of my news I don't get uh, directly from sites or publishers because those people are pretty tight with news. Uh, and most of this news comes out of Japan first, right? So uh, I'm getting right. most of my news kind of secondhand from Twitter accounts and Reddit posts and forum posts and blog posts and stuff like that. So um, I, I like how their tweets are always new chapter up, exclamation mark. It's like the yes. same tweet every time they publish a new chapter. Oh, okay. Uh, I actually I, think they just tweet at the same time every day. It's automated. It's just like new chapters. It doesn't even say what new chapters are up. It just says new chapters are up. It's the same oh, yeah, tweet you're for day to day on Tuesdays for Boys Abyss on Thursdays or whatever. Uh, yeah, it's it's like the same tweet every single day. I, I literally might be scheduled because I think chapters go up at 10 or maybe like 1030, right. 930. But yeah. Uh, um, it's kind of funny that they didn't create a Twitter before this and they lost at Manga Plus. Uh, I was about so to say because underscore zero behind it. I well, yeah, and I follow like a couple of Twitter profiles. I so it's funny. I first saw this announcement through a Twitter user who's called Manga Plus 
ENG, right? Manga plus English. And I was like, oh, cool. They have a new thing. And I copied manga plus ENG and put it in there. And then I was like, wait a minute. And I clicked on the tweet and it's like, that's not the actual Twitter account of its official manga plus. That's the like fan account that tweets a whole bunch of stuff. <laughs> Again, of the news that I follow. So yeah, a little, little curious there. There is a From Software fake Twitter account with a ton of followers that uh, just posts like fake From Software news and gets everyone like really excited for. And it, 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 they just keep saying Bloodborne's going to come come out on the PC on 60 FPS announced. Yes. And well, everyone's like, "Whoa, yeah, awesome, man!" Uh, I followed an account for I don't even know th- maybe four or five years. It was literally just is Bloodborne on PC yet? And they tweeted every single day, <laughs> no, Bloodborne has not been announced for PC. Um, and then they, have you heard of Bloodborne Cart, the like fan game? Oh, that looks so cool. Yeah, the, they the tweeted, made the D-make, right? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of like a PS1 style, like D-make racing Bloodborne game. Uh, whenever that got officially announced, that uh, is Bloodborne on PC announced, like Bloodborne is on PC and like quote retweeted the, the announcement or something. I thought that was pretty funny. Oh, that's cute. Yeah, uh, that person's uh, uh, not to go off on a tangent, so I'm not going to. But that person's so talented. The Bloodborne D make so is good. like it's a freaking work of passion right there. So go check yeah, it out. Yeah, I, I yeah I watched people play the D make a couple of years ago, and Bloodborne Cart also lo- is looking like a true fleshed out game. Um, I hope that they just like rebrand it and rename everyone and release it as like a paid game so they can make money off it. But we'll see. I think, I think even they have better a- that that person's going to get a, a big job in the industry. Yeah, I, I, I hope like. so. Yeah. Uh, um, I wanted to do sales stuff real quick because I wanted to show, we talked for a while about, uh, I guess we talk often about how big Shueisha is in the publishing sphere. And so I wanted to grab a week here where nine out of the top 10, uh, top selling volumes, uh, in April, what is this? April 3rd to 9th. So uh, week two weeks ago or so um nine out of the top 10 volumes here are all shuisha and they're all big things yeah. um but i wanted to call out also it's pretty cool to see lots of new stuff up here right this isn't just one piece kingdom you know slam dunk a bunch of the old a bunch of the old dogs the old guard kind of holding the line here um you know spy family is in number one that series is only what maybe three years old at this point uh, chainsaw man at number two that's again a f- generally pretty recent series maybe four or five years is it five years old? I think it started in 2018 or 2019. Um, that sounds right. Yeah, but Sakamoto Days. Sakamoto Days is only two years old or so. Uh, Very cool up, seeing it that high up. Yeah, uh, Mashal at number five. Mashal is also a little over two years old. Uh, whoa, whoa, hold up. Slow down. Uh, Grand Blue at number four. Yeah, uh, a new Grand Blue volume after who knows how long. Hell yeah. In contention, tied for my uh, for the funniest manga I've ever read. Um, yeah. Tied with Kintama. And the... Uh, and Grand Blue is the single non Shueisha published work on this list. So, yeah. Spy Spy Family at one, Chainsaw Man two, Sakamoto Days three, Grand Blue four, Mashal at five, uh, Kishibe Rohan at at the Louvre, I believe is a translation to this, um, is also Shueisha. Uh, Dragon Quest: The Adventure of Die Avon and the Demon Volume seven, also Shueisha apparently owns Dragon Quest manga rights. I. That's not I, surprising. The art's done by Toriyama, so I guess... I guess, I guess that's true. I didn't like think about that. Yeah, Toriyama's here. a big jump, so... Um, Witch Watch at 8 is another new... That's just over two years old. Also, that's in the same group with uh, Bashful and Sakamoto Days, I guess, right? Were those all at the same time? Uh, I think so. Like, at least very close. Very close together. Yeah. Uh, and it's... I mean, 
Witch Watch is not one I would have called ever being top ten, but there it is. I, I, so I didn't cool think to see. so either. I thought it was too weird, and uh, comedies usually don't place that high up. Um, but hey, proven wrong. Grand Blue, Mashal, Witch Watch. Good to Grand, see. Yeah, Grand Blue, Mashal, Witch Watch. I mean, even Kishibe Rohan at the Louvre, I think, is... I don't is know if it's comedy? comedy. It's a little bit more lighthearted than pure JoJo action, so... Got it. Is but this yeah, JoJo? It, lo- it looks very JoJo. It is JoJo, is. yeah. Kishibe Rohan is from part four. He's the side character oh, okay. that has a... His power is related to manga. He can, like... Man, describing JoJo powers is not easy. He can, like, peel people open like a manga book and read them and predict the the future and also write inside them to change what they can or can't do. He was, like, a bad guy at first, and then he, like, becomes a good guy later, I think. But That's crazy. (laughs) I mean, JoJo is a wild thing. Uh, But, yeah, yeah, finishing out the top ten here, number nine is Goku Rakugai, which is a series that I really like. Um, That's Shueisha. That's in there. I want to say it says it's shonen, but it's a little bit more sane and adult, I would say. Um, it, cool to see that series up here. I think that series is really good, uh, even though I think it's monthly published, so it's a little bit harder to keep up with. And then Jujutsu Kaisen, uh, which has been on, it's in coming in number 10, but has been on sale for like 20 days at this point. Um, but yeah, every single thing we listed there owned by Shueisha except for Grand Blue. So, and this is what, uh, since I've been keeping track of sales, this is what a lot of weeks look like. Uh, even though I think the start of the year maybe was, has been a little bit more, a little bit more varied, which is good to see. Uh, but this week is... I looked at this week and I... The things that surprised me also happen to also be Shueisha Works, like we were talking about. Witch Watch, Bashel, Sakamoto Days at number three, I think is crazy good. Um, yeah, that... that Keep in mind, Sakamoto Days doesn't have an anime. Uh, Mashal just got an anime, so that's um, only a couple episodes in, but that probably gave that a boost. Uh, Witch Watch doesn't have an anime yet, but I think it's announced. Um... Gokuraku guy, no anime. So, Sakamoto Days is going to be huge if they get that animated well. I think Witch Watch also, if they get that, if they pull that off and it's uh, executed well, I think that'll get, see a big boost. Um, I think yeah. Witch Watch will be easy to do. Sakamoto Days is going to be very hard. You Sakamoto know? Days uh, might be one of the hardest things I've ever seen to adapt. Yeah. Just yeah, because it's like, if you're not getting all the team from One Punch Man Season 1 back to do Sakamoto Days, I don't know if it if it quite works out. It, yeah. It, that you, you're going to have to break the bank for Sakamoto Days, but I think it'll be a big payoff, right? It's so fucking yeah. fun. It's also, I mean, the other quote-unquote problem with Sakamoto Days is it's like, it's all action. There's not, there's like a couple of chapters that probably don't have cool choreographed, like well-executed visual action in it, but almost every chapter does. <laughs> like, yeah. And so it's yeah. like, that's an expensive anime to make, right? When you're when an anime doesn't have to do action, action is expensive to draw. It's just more frames, more people paid, more details. Um, or if you don't spend all that time, the action looks bad. So, Yeah, exactly. Cool. Well, that uh, about wraps up the news for us. So let's uh, talk about the big boy. Let's talk about One Piece, Gautam. What, uh, all right. Chapter 1081. Yeah, that's me, One Piece. That's my. Uh, that's the chapter I picked this week. It was so fucking good. What the it's fuck? So good. Like, yeah, One Piece has been on a roll for a bit, sure. But I'd say this is one of my favorite chapters of One Piece that I've read in like a while. Mm-hmm. Not saying a lot, considering it's been so good. Yeah. Uh, it starts out well. The last chapter ended with Garp punching, like punching so hard he obliterated like Blackbeard's city. 
And uh, I, I just like this little cheeky little temperament where he says he's lost his, his touch. Uh, he, like, destroyed his city, but he didn't obliterate it into dust. He <laughs> yeah. just ruined everything. Uh, I'm really curious. Like, it makes sense because uh, Garp and uh, Roger, like, fought head-to-head, and they're, like, the two strongest characters. Right, prime. Yeah. So it's cool to see it in the, in the series itself. And this is uh, something, yeah, I mean, this is... One of the cool things about One Piece is the, like, historical... I mean, I hate to use the, like, we don't... I'm trying to think, how do I put this into words? It's it's world building, right, is the is what I'm going to talk about. But it's the yeah. world building as far as the, like, historical events around the past uh, pirates. Like, sort of the one generation ago pirates, the Roger... Right, Roger's pirates, Whitebeard's pirates, Garp all of that stuff is like really well fleshed out. Um, and this is one of the angles we haven't seen before, right? We've seen flashbacks with Odin that talk about Whitebeard, talk about Roger. We've seen flashbacks or stories about Roger from some other people who I'm mis- What was his sec- What's his first mate's name? Um, uh, who's Whitebeard's? Roger. Wasn't it Roger's first mate who they meet in? Oh, Ben Beckman. Beckman. Is his... Yeah. Is that right? He has a gun. I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. No, Ben Beckman right. is... Oh, that's Shanks. Shanks. That's mate. Shanks' yeah. first mate. That's Shanks' first mate. It's, it's uh, the old guy that uh, they Riley. meet. Riley. Riley. Silver's Riley. Yeah. Silver's, yes. Raleigh. Raleigh. Riley. Riley. Yeah. yeah. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. But he, he tells stories and stuff. Anyways, all this historical stuff is cool. We've seen Garp fight Roger, I think, once in one of the Odin flashbacks. Uh, but we have not seen current power Garp. And so this is the first time we're seeing it. And it's like... Oda is laying the groundwork, and I've seen a lot of comments on this, but Oda is laying the groundwork for, hey, there are some people you haven't seen since the time skip. There's some people you haven't seen, even in the current era, like Garp. You don't know how strong they are. I need to show you, and I need to get them involved in the story because they're going to be important by the time the big climax comes around. And so that's this is cool to see because this, to me, feels like big foreshadowing of, like, okay, Garp has a has a role to play in the end game, which I think most people would have said, of course he does. He's, you know, a, a vice admiral. He's Luffy's grandpa, essentially. Um, and all that stuff. And now, as you can see in this chapter, he's a, like absolute badass. <laughs> so, and yeah. And I, I like the, I don't know if they revealed this before. I don't think they did. Um, but it showed that he trained up all the admirals. Like uh, they were all his protégés at some mm. point. Um, because in the next panel, uh, or maybe it's a panel after that, but um, I'll, I'll go in order. Uh, next panel is, it shows a flashback uh, with Aokiji um, Kuzan, and uh, he, they're expl- it's kind of a flashback showing how he joined the Blackbeard Pirates. Yes, and which is I kind of this, a big yeah, twist. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, is yeah, it a twist it to say that Aokiji, who's like one of the stronger, strongest people kind of from pre-Time Skip era, is now in league with who we assume is to be... Is Blackbeard the final boss? Or is someone... Before? I think Blackbeard I don't know. is. I think Blackbeard's, he, I, Blackbeard, to me, speaks more of the final boss than the world government does. I, to me, Blackbeard is after that, but I think you could swap it either way. It could be Blackbeard before the, the I'm, government I'm people, pitch. who knows. I'm going to pitch to you why I think Blackbeard is the final boss in a second. And you let me know what you think and if you agree. Yeah. Because uh, here, and it's it's cool because Aokiji is kind of morally just for being an antagonistic force in the series. He 
he takes the side of good from the like from the audience's perspective of good a lot of times mm-hmm. but he still works for the world government um he got in a fight with the other admiral to, uh, over leadership responsibilities and uh his leg got chopped off he quit uh and he went to blackbeard's crew and blackbeard is kind of like the most evil motherfucker in the series so it's surprising he joined his crew yeah uh but it explains it really well and i think this it is does, why yeah. blackbeard is such a good villain like uh it's his pirates uh, and his crew it's like a a win together kind of situation they're, they they don't love each other like the straw hats do but they they're all on the same side to further their own goal and yeah yeah well and it's a really interesting um other side of the coin to luffy's worldview right i mean you can see in the in the bottom of this page the last two lines here are like you're free now so what do you want to do like freedom like blackbeard telling kuzan he's free that's like Luffy is also very tied to freedom, but they're kind of Luffy's freedom is like Luffy's freedom and Blackbeard's freedom are not the same type of freedom. Blackbeard's kind yeah, of a selfish. I mean, I would I would say Blackbeard is chaotic evil, although I don't really like the uh, evil assignment in those. I usually like when I'm playing D and usually tell my characters if they're going to be chaotic evil, you're chaotic selfish, right? Yeah. Instead of, because evil is like, oh, I'm bad, I do bad things, but selfish is like, in kind of inherently bad in a way, but not so much in that I'm killing children, I'm killing puppies, but like your self-interest come before other people, and that causes you to do bad things, usually, but it's it's kind of deeper to go there, but what, from what I see here is that Blackbeard is a chaotic, selfish character, right? He's, mm-hmm. his freedom and his pirate's freedom comes from... We are, we're free to do whatever we want, to walk over whoever we want, to exert our power over other people. That's our true freedom, right? Whereas Luffy's true freedom is is I can do whatever I want, but I'm you know, but he's also from an angle of but I'm not gonna like my freedom doesn't get in the way of your freedom. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. Like uh, Blackbeard's free, uh, idea of freedom costs other people theirs, right? Mm-hmm. And Luffy's mm-hmm. does not, and that's the biggest difference. Yeah, perfect even though they way have to the put same it. Ideal. Yeah. yeah, perfect way to put it right there. But it's again, this is why I think we both agree that Blackbeard is the quote-unquote final boss, and it's because it's uh, what's the? It's he's a foil, right? He's Luffy's foil. Yeah. Um, and that's a storytelling thing, and that generally is the fight. I don't think it necessarily has to be. I think you could fight Blackbeard before the world government, but because the world government is the opposite is the opposite of freedom. It's essentially a form of slavery, a form of control being exerted. So which of those is the bigger, is the bigger bad guy? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, this chapter is great. And like you said, uh, character stuff here is really good. It always surprises me. I don't like, I never forget that Oda is a great writer, but sometimes he just writes stuff and I'm like, oh yeah, he can just, he can just write good characters and like un- make me understand the character's motivation and yeah, Blackbeard recruiting Kuzan here to me was just one of those things that stood out as like, yeah, that's just really good. Like I know Kuzan doesn't like totally, you know, immediately buy in with Blackbeard, obviously, but like Blackbeard selling him on that kind of you're free to do whatever you want, you know, don't let other people walk walk over you, you know, the way that maybe he feels like uh, the other admiral did who took his leg or the world government or whatever. Um, I will say, do you? This is a theory that I think maybe people had, maybe it was before the chapter, maybe it was in this chapter, I don't remember. Do you think that Kuzan, that Aokiji, is sword? 
Uh, yeah, so that's what people were speculating last chapter. I, I surprisingly did not put that connection together when they mentioned it. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's really hard to say at this current point because mm-hmm. he's intentionally preventing Sabo from being rescued. Uh, but maybe he needs Sabo there to topple stuff. Who knows, right? Like, I think since they mentioned it last chapter, I'm still on the side of yes, he is. I also think? I also do think so. I I think that I think that Garp here in because in these pages it's uh, Garp and Kuzan fighting, um, and Kuzan is like you're you're as direct as ever Garp I've always loved that about you um I decided to live life on my own terms it feels I don't know this feels like the I'm trying to think of a movie or something where it feels like the scene where the double agent is like oh prove yourself right like hey in front of Blackbeard's crew you know stop you know and he isn't he isn't just like wantonly killing although I don't think that's in character for uh for Aokiji either but he freezes the one girl and then like kind of does he, he kind of lets Garp throw him or maybe Garp is just that good. That's like the hard thing, right? Is it's like, I can't tell if he's like letting Garp kind of quote unquote beat him so that he can be like, Oh, well darn, I tried, but I let him get away. Cause I'm secretly sword. Or if this is like, Oh no, Garp is actually just like stronger than the, the younger crew of, well, he's a previous, was that an admiral or a vice admiral? He's an admiral. Right? He's an admiral. He's yeah. An admiral. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think Garp is just kind of, like I, I think he's just winning the fight temporarily at the moment. I also think Garp um, might not know. I think that there is a. I think Garp is the same as like Luffy, and like if Luffy had secret police under him, he would just forget their names or not know who they are. Like maybe Garp doesn't know, and Kuzan's like, "Wait, I'm sore. Don't kill me in next chapter or something." Right? I don't know. I, I think I could see Garp, that happening. Garp, Garp is too direct to like you yeah. know because he would mention it if he did right. Like just May- yeah, maybe. Because he did that at the reverie, like he just spilled like a top secret in front of everyone. He's like, "Oh, I shouldn't have said that." Oh well, you know, like he—he's like a—he's direct, just like mm. Luffy. He doesn't. He, he's he's not just good at old secret. Luffy, pretty much, though. Yeah, yeah we'll he's see. just old Luffy. <laughs> I don't—I I don't think it's required. I—I I do think there's been a little bit of foreshadowing for it, but I don't think it's super solid. So I don't—I think it would be cool if uh, if Aokiji was if Kuzan was sword because I like the character and even. I guess mostly I like him from the pre-time skip stuff where he, like, froze them and did all that. Because he always seems sort of like, hey, I'm an admiral, but I, I get it. I get where you're coming from, kiddos. Like, I understand. Um, uh, and he was, because he was really just sent yeah. to go get uh, Robin, right? And he, I don't remember, did, I, was he the one who captured Robin? I, I'm, it's been uh, so long now. Yeah, so he was initially sent to capture Robin, I believe, and he he didn't want to because he let Robin free yes. in the first place. That's right. That's um, right. Yeah, yeah. After the massacre at uh, Ohara, and right, and they talk about that in this uh, chapter again. He froze so, yeah, exactly. It was a it was good, um, yeah. because it it they kind of developed Kuzan's character, even though he joined Blackbeard's crew. So, in case you forgot, you still know that he is a morally just human being on the evil pirates' crew. Well, it also uh, does a good. I mean, and this yeah. is, this is a little thing, but this also shows how good Oda is at weaving this like huge sprawling tale together. Is that this also reinforces the stuff that we've been hearing in the past four or five chapters about the man marked with flame and how that's probably the giant guy from Ohara, and how that's going to connect back maybe to Shanks being on Elbaf with the giants because the 
man marked with flame. Everyone thinks is that giant guy whose name I'm forgetting now. Um, Saul. Saul. Jaguar D. Saul. Jaguar D. Saul. There you go. Um, Yeah. But again, it's like we've, we've teleported, you know, thousand miles to a different location with different characters and different story things. And Oda still knows to give us that kind of through line connector to the rest of the story. That's clearly setting up something that's going to happen. Maybe not soon, but eventually soon, um, soon in one piece terms. So a year or two. Right. Yeah. It's just, I don't know. It's just one of those excellent writing world building things where it's like, we don't forget about the, yeah, we just don't, we don't forget about Ohara, which has been brought up like, I'm trying to think in the last eight chapters, O'Hara's been brought up like by th- four or five different characters in three or four situations. Jaguar D. Saul is the man marked with flame, we think, we're pretty sure. That's like, that's going to be important. That's been brought up a lot. It gets brought up again here to sort of tie this, you know, flash to a different location in. That's the kind of like wide, like world building, story writing, epic writing expertise that Oda has that other people just like can't do not write at this level. It really does feel effortless sometimes. It just it's so cohesive, and it there's so much in every fucking chapter. Like I, I yeah. say every time I talk about one. I get, there's, yeah, there's we haven't even talked about the last like what six eight pages it's, of the chapter. Second half. Serious, like fucking seriously. Uh, one yeah. last point on, on this flashback. Uh, this is mentioned in a Reddit comment that I read on the chapter. Uh, it is cool how fun and like uh, fun and kind of charming I find Blackbeard when he's an evil, ugly-looking piece of shit, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, he, he's somewhat charismatic, and not, and I don't know, he doesn't feel, like, mustache-twirlingly evil sometimes, you know? He, 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 he's got that... He, like, yells at Agkiji for freezing his screws, like, bro, unfreeze him, come on, you know? He's got that... I'll, I'll, this Maybe this is a wild take, but I think you'll agree with me. He's got that Joker appeal, right? He's got yeah. the appeal of, like, oh, the Joker's... He's so funny... And he's, but he's, and he's a bad guy, but like, I love watching him on screen to just like talking and doing stuff. I think Blackbeard's the same kind of character where it's like, do I like Blackbeard? No, but he's so like, he's got, he's so haughty and he's so like, he's got that, he's got that ego. He's having a good time while doing whatever he's doing. Yeah, he's got that ego and that smile and like, he just comes in with this kind of like, he's the sort of stereotypical bad pirate swagger that we've seen in all the other stories, right? He's like... Who is it? Like Long John Silver from Treasure Island or whoever. Was that? I don't, I don't remember who the uh, captain in Treasure Island is, but he's a very similar kind of pirate to Blackbeard where it's kind of, you know, lost a leg, but, you know, that pirate swagger, that kind of drunken pirate swagger. Yeah. He's like, he's like the, the epitome, the like distilled version of that character. And that's why I, I agree with you. Blackbeard is an incredibly fun character to see on screen. Uh, you said that smile and it reminded me of that that meme. It's like that smile, that damn smile. You remember that? just put a picture of fucking blackbeard up there Um, uh but end of the chapter we had one did i just get yeah i I added an extra picture oh the battle panel cool cool i did i want to talk about that so yeah so we also flashed that was a flashback where we saw blackbeard but blackbeard's doing right now is taking down the heart yeah tell me about it and he and he done did it um it's it's kind of cool that uh well, one thing that's cool is that we've seen all the supernovas, uh, pretty much, except for the, like, angel guy, uh, post-time skip. We've seen them involved in every single arc, pretty much, uh, mm-hmm. after Fishman Island. Um, and it's it's neat to see, like, right after Law and Kid take down a fucking Yonko big bomb, 
they get one shot by Blackbeard and Shanks, respectively, yes. you know? Uh, and this neat. is why, I mean, this is why I, I understand why power scalers like One Piece, because Oda is really good. I mean, there is there is storytelling skill in power scaling correctly, and not all series do it. Like, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z is the big kind of careful how you power scale, uh, right? Because it's like, oh, yeah, Super Saiyan. Oh, Super Saiyan 2. Oh, uh, Fusion Saiyan. Super Saiyan 7, right? Like, Super Saiyan Ultra. Yeah. Like, that is just kind of like, I've invented a new level of how strong things are, and I've given it a new name. Whereas in One Piece, power scaling is just like, is is P, instead of just saying, I'm trying to think how to say this. It isn't just the like, oh, they've all gotten a new number, the bounty number, and the bounty number's gone up, and that's how strong they are. Is it's instead Oda does the the good thing, which is he shows us. He shows he doesn't tell the power level, right? Dragon Ball Z, I, maybe not the best example because it does also show power levels, but it's also like literally power level over 9,000 is a tell, not a show, right? Whereas right. One Piece here, you've said it exactly, right? You've got two supernovas taking down um, a taking down Big Mom, incredibly powerful, and then, yeah, going off on their own and saying, okay, so their power level is above hers, and now saying, okay, but they aren't at the level of Shanks and Blackbeard, um, and, you know, and Garp is also showing his sort of, you know, there are still threats on the uh, Marine side, because... Someone else we haven't seen is, like, Smoker, who I, I forget to even bring him up. He's like, I, I want Smoker to come back and, and wreck somebody, because he was one of my favorite characters. But, Dude, this and, uh, poor Smoker, man. Yeah, he hasn't been back in a while. Literally, I don't think we've seen Smoker in, like... Have we seen him since the time skip? Yeah, he showed up at... Yeah, at, he got he got owned at Punk Hazard. Punk Hazard, yeah. So it's been, yeah. like, 500 chapters almost since we've seen him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but anyways, also, this, is, this is the way to do power scaling. This is a show-don't-tell of... You aren't saying... Oh, and and did you hear Blackbeard fought Law and beat his whole things? And Blackbeard's very strong. It's like no, it's like shows them getting beaten. Blackbeard literally not a scratch on him, right? Like, I saw maybe like a little bit of scratches, but like he's not. Yeah, and he took down the whole. It isn't like he just one v one Law. Like he took down all of the Heart Pirates. So right. Well, him and the crew. Uh, but it's yeah. it's also important to note that. Big Mom fought like a 1v20, right? Like that's that, awesome. she was a raid boss. And they did and, 2v1 her technically, you know, for the yeah. for the kill, but Yeah, exactly. So so it makes sense that both of them would get slapped around by Yonko. Like if sure you can do a, a raid boss in World of Warcraft and down it and it's like, "Oh, cool, you killed the yeah. Lich King." And then you die to a trash mob, right? Because you're not When the new expansion before. comes out? Yeah, because power yeah, exactly. has been scaled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, but um, I mean, some, I, I, I mean, another just another. I mean, we could just gush about Oda, which is, I think, what we'll just keep doing here. Um, another thing that is a good show don't tell power scaling thing is that not only do they beat the pirates, but they break their ship in half. Right when that's like a very like okay, we the our heroic characters and their ships have been pretty. I don't want to say indestructible, but like a ship is a very strong physical presence slash character in One Piece, right? Like you do not see uh, hero ships just get broken all the time. When they do, it's a big story event. I'm thinking of the Going Mary, Mary. was the yeah. original uh, Straw Hats cruise ship. Uh, I but think generally, it also right, like, represents like the crew being dissolved, like the pirate crew is done. 
Yeah, I think I, I agree with you that, that again, it is a storytelling thing to say it isn't just, oh, I beat up your captain or I beat up your crew. It's like, no, I, I beat up your crew. I broke your ship in half. I, I forced, we'll see in the next page, I like forced two of you to run away. Um, I agree. This is very much a, the heart pirates are kind of no more, right? It's it's just, I think, going to be Law and Beppo, um, assumedly coming to the aid or, or maybe trying to rescue their own crew or something. Who knows if they'll get that kind of storyline or not. But uh, yeah, I really liked... Um, uh, anything you wanted to say about that before we move on to Beppo here? <laughs> oh yeah, um, I, I I think no, I, I completely agree. Like it's uh, it, we, we talked about how it's like kind of symbolism, right? That the that it's just the ship breaking means the crew is breaking because mm-hmm. the ship is is their crew, right? Um, At their home base, essentially. Yeah, yeah, their home base, and it like the One Piece universe. All the characters are super into symbolism and symbolic things, like uh, the Straw Hats declared war on the world government to save Robin by burning the world government flag, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the declaration of war. Um, I think, like, the ships to pirates represent the exact same thing. It's just a yeah. declaration of, of the end of a war, you know? Or it's like, a, yeah. this battle is concluded, your ship is bust. Well, and the flag and the ship connection is also kind of there in the yeah. simplistic way, because the Straw Hats, you know, they're, they create their own flag, the flag is flown on the ship, um the heart pirates quote-unquote flag is the symbol that most people associate with law right which is actually the heart pirate mm-hmm. flag um that weird smiley face thing i don't even know how to describe it but it's good jolly roger i like but that yeah one. and good call out. i i loved the callback i didn't even remember it of course but to uh chopper giving beppo the like is this sulong or is this just hyper that's so long it, it is sulong it, okay it's I wasn't, the it's like the hallucinate the moon where they uh, oh, like a drug yeah, yeah, yeah. Them think the moon is there. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But I thought this was cool because yeah, I, people in the comments were like, "Yeah, polar bears are like the strongest, most dangerous bear." And Beppo was always like, if he went too long, it was surely he was going to be strong because he's kind of a. I think there's more Beppo in One Piece film Red than like any in the actual. Yeah. Beppo's <laughs> <laughs> a meme, like, but he's beloved yeah. because he's yeah, just he's a cute back. looking bear. Um, he looks sick here, though, right? Like, looks that's really cool. I, I, all the Sulong forms, I think, have been awesome. Sulong is a neat yeah. idea that doesn't get used enough, obviously, because it's kind of hard to be like, well, it has to be a full moon. Um, but with Chopper's drugs now. he, he Chopper invented acid. Yeah, I mean, he invented, like, I'm trying to think, like... DMT. Well, you know how they'll say, like, oh, a mother can, like, find the strength to lift a car if she, like, needs to save her child by, like, that. Yeah. So you've, you've like, invented an imaginary child and, <laughs> and drugged yourself into thinking you're the mother to give yourself extra strength, but it's the moon in the sky. That's what he's lost, kid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that I, I like that. I, I also, I think another thing I enjoy is... Um, this is like a minor thing is as much as Blackbeard succeeds, he also fails. Like, Mm -hmm. I think there's like equal ratio of him succeeding and failing, you know? Uh, and that's, I I find that endearing that he's like a roach, you know, he's like a, you you don't see like villains in long running series like this. have the like lower hand or fail or fuck up this much, you know? Uh, Yeah. Without undermining them. Yeah. Well, and I think it's, 
I think that's a good call out because I think that that goes in hand with his chaotic nature and that sort of that ego, that swagger that he has. A big, um, a big theme in lots and lots of stories, like maybe not every story, but like almost every heroic story. The not the moral, but like the the way that the bad guys lose is that they they underestimate the good guys. They have their ego is too large. Blah blah blah. And Blackbeard has that, and that's he has a fun version of that. But I do think that normally when he sort of quote unquote fails, like you're saying, um, mm-hmm. it's because he's he's got that Blackbeard swagger, that ego, and again he underestimates. He thinks, oh, I've beaten the pirates. They can't do anything. But then oh. Beppo does have something he can do. I didn't expect that because I underestimated them. Um, it's a very sort of classical storytelling to have um, have the bad guy lose by having an ego too large. Um, pride goes before the fall is like the the phrase that you'll hear a lot, right? The the bad guy's too prideful, has too big of an ego, is too uh, uh, underestimates the good guy, and the, the good guys take advantage of that. To in this case. Beppo in Law get get away by swimming away. So, and, uh, and that's exactly right. I, I like that he has kind of infinite pride that goes away the moment he has the lower hand. Um, like when he was fighting Whitebeard right before Whitebeard died. Uh, like he started begging for his life because he was losing that hard. He was gonna yeah. get killed. Uh, and there, were, I think the funniest Blackbeard failure moment was in Impelled Down towards the end of that arc. Luffy was escaping. Uh, he was completely worn out, and Blackbeard freed a bunch of prisoners and uh yes, was like taunting luffy. yeah yeah and he was taunting luffy like kind of blocking the path and luffy just punches him in the stomach really really hard and he buckles and then luffy yeah. runs past him yep. and i'm like whoa that's the final boss right there <laughs> got buckled yeah uh, and i also think it's a good great. i also think it's a good thing um I'll, I'll bring it back to power scalers again because why not uh most people, if you were power scaling, who's the strongest person in One Piece? Black. I don't think Blackbeard is number one on any list. Like, maybe, but as powerful as Blackbeard is, like, he's clearly still kind of clawing his way up. He is still kind of struggling for his position as powerful as he is, right? He isn't, he doesn't just come in and, you know, destroy the hard pirates instantly. He They fight and he wins, right? I think that, there, I think that the relation that you feel towards Blackbeard, that, that a lot of people, and the good writing behind him is that he isn't—he still has to struggle for his position as a sort of bad pirate, right? He is right. not given it for free. He's not sort of gifted it. Um, he has to struggle for it and, and earn it, essentially. And I think that's, again, just good character, good storytelling. So, Yeah, honestly, kind of just like you said, a foil for Luffy. Through yep. and through. Exactly, yeah. Um, pretty much. Luffy has to struggle for his type of freedom, and Blackbeard does too, and that makes it work. So, anything else on One Piece? Nah, let's let's move on. I, I could talk about One Piece forever. So I know, I could do. I was like, oh, I talk about the last chapter. No, it's great, yeah. though. Um, this week in Weekly Shonen Jump, we got another new series. So, this series is called Kill Blue. Um, and this is by Tadatoshi Fujimaki, uh, previously known for, uh, Kuro- is the English title just Kuroko's Basket? Kuroko no Basket? Um, the main character is named Kuroko, so I think it's like Kuroko's Basketball or something. I think it's possessive, yeah. I think it's just Kuroko's Basket. Kuroko no Basket is what I'll call it. Um, but this is the new series from him. Uh, this was, in my opinion, well, let's talk, I'll talk about the premise. The premise here is 
kind of an old jaded assassin guy. Uh, he goes through and talks about, oh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to talk to kids. He's like divorced and his wife took their kid. He like mentions at one point, he's like, I don't know how to talk to kids. Yeah, here he is with like his wife and stuff and his assassin job essentially, I think, got in the way or he's too good at being an assassin but not good at everything else. Um, he gets like, stung by a bee and transformed into a child and wakes up in his wife. His wife works for the assassin uh, group. Uh, and essentially he has to go to school and deal with those things. And that's the premise here. Um, why don't you tell me how you felt about kill blue chapter one? It was uh, pretty good. I mean, it was, it was just, I, I feel like Sakamoto days does everything this does. It's mm -hmm. very similar in terms that it's following a retired assassin effectively. Yeah, uh, this guy's not retired, but he kind of is. Uh, he's going he's to school. Older, right? He's like forties. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I I think this needs something to make it stand out. I think that's what it is desperately missing because everything it's done has been done before, so a lot of it feels samey. But with that yes. said, I thought it was interesting and a fun read through and through. Yeah, I thought it was uh, okay. Yeah. I didn't think it was yeah. great. I, I definitely didn't think it was as good as Tenmaku Cinema, the chapter one we got last week. I would agree, yeah. Um, yeah, it definitely, I mean, especially, I grabbed this shot, right, which this is like one of the first couple of pages, um, but I there's this is the exact same situation that happens in chapter one of Sakamoto Days, right? It's like a warehouse, too, yeah. It's like, like a warehouse market. shootout with the old assassin and his young, quote-unquote, apprentice guy, or they kind of save each other in different situations. Like this is it almost bit for bit scene for scene. Exactly what happens in Sakamoto days. Um, it's a little bit different after that, but the kind of premise of it is, is really samey. Um, I mean, the art here is still really good. So I'm not, uh, at least visually when I was reading it, there was nothing where I was like, art's a little rough. Um, I think Kuroko no basket generally had, had really good art. So, uh, we'll see. We'll see how this goes. This is more of a, I'm I'm interested, but I didn't necessarily love the first one. Um, it's not something where chapter one has me bought in, where it's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll give this some breaks if it if it struggles. I think if this kind of doesn't get more interesting in a couple of chapters, even if it doesn't get bad, I don't know if I'll stick with it because, like you said, it's a little a little generic, a little samey, just kind of at the at the base level. Nothing felt really special about it yet. I. I would agree. It nothing stood out. I I had a decent time with it, but yeah, not like, bad. I don't, I don't think it was bad at all. So I don't think this is something I would like keep reading like I do Sakamoto. You know what I mean? Like uh, forever. I think it has a chance. I think there's a couple of angles. I think if they, I think if they pursue the angle of like, okay, his ex-wife is like the doctor that has to figure out why he got changed into a kid, or he connects with his child through being also good. young. Oh, yeah. I think those are really good kind of heartfelt angles to explore. Um, if we get more of that or introductions foreshadowing of more of that, I'll definitely be more interested. Um, chapter one was a lot of setup. Uh, it did have kind of a funny gag in this like panda faced naked man who was just going to flash these high school girls. And then I actually thought that I didn't like that that much. And here's what I, I thought it was too, it's like he's fighting a mascot as his first like obstacle. It's yeah, too, yeah. Felt like a Power Rangers episode, but like a filler one. You know what it I mean? It was kind of hard. Maybe this is part of why I didn't like it, or I didn't think it was great. It was a little hard tonally to figure out. Like, okay, is it is it a sort of 
is it a standard kind of shonen back to school trope? Old guy has to learn how to go back to school. Is that the angle? Oh, is it is it funny fights? Is this guy going to be fighting goofy, you know, nude panda men? Is there a serious angle to it? I couldn't really get a nail down on the tone that this chapter one was going for. I wasn't sure how funny it wanted me to think it was. I wasn't sure how serious um, because it was a little all over the place. Yeah, and it kind of flip-flopped depending. Um, But I did like, there's, again, some really good art. I did like the sort of chalk smoke bomb thing that he does. Uh, But Mm -hmm. then he also just like literally pulls a gun as like a, what is he, like 12 or 13 in middle school or something? He just like pulls a gun on the panda guy and like holds it to his face. It's like, okay. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, I, I'm kind of just I think unsure. You're, you're right. It's good. It's probably going to be about like reconciliation and understanding his kid. Um, if I had to guess based off the first chapter, it, yeah. it just makes sense as a theme. Uh, it does but, to me too. Yeah, we, I we'll hope we'll that's see. the angle they go for, but we'll see. Yeah. Anything else on uh, Kill Blue, Gautam? Uh, now nah. I'm going to need more before I can even think more on it. You know, like it was a pretty simple first chapter that played it safe. So I guess we'll see yeah, how it goes. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah, played a little safe, not. Not bad, but not great. Uh, keep reading it, obviously, for a couple of weeks to let you know. Um, there are a couple of other things in Weekly Shonen Jump, at least. Uh, Ichigoki Under Control had its last chapter. I didn't read it, and nobody cared. Yeah, I don't really... Yeah, yeah. it's not, not not really something I'm concerned about. I, I did not like that series. Uh, yeah, I... Yeah. I, I, I would like to see that author take their sense of humor and integrate it into a less silly series although yeah there was just nothing there for us i would like them to not write a comedy manga and maybe focus on like drama or something yeah or like yeah or integrate their comedy chops into into drama um tenmaku cinema chapter two uh we talked about tenmaku cinema on the last episode how are you feeling after chapter two published this week we got a little bit more still feels pretty good to me yeah it feels great um, I like that the girl was just a huge weirdo movie nerd, like we thought. Yep. Uh, uh, honestly, all the characters just got more to do, more development, and uh, it kind of established the onus of the plot and the main character's goals. Or, well, all the characters' goals, really. Right, exactly. Uh, yep. So I thought it was good, It's and it's still good. So, uh, I, strong start so far. Uh, do you feel the same? I do, yeah. I thought... Uh... I don't remember if we talked about it afterwards or just on the podcast, but the the girl also being sort of super into movies and the conversation that the the lead guy and the lead girl had about like where they're like you know nerding out talking about movies. Um, I like that a lot. I think that even though there there's only kind of I'm trying to think there isn't an explicit romance being spelled out. Only that the girl is really pretty and the guy thinks she's pretty. But I think with their conversation there. That feels um, that feels like an organic romance builder to me. That's a lot better than just I'm in love with her. She's so pretty, and oh, what a nice guy! Like, which is kind of the standard fare for romance. Where instead, it's like, oh, these guys are both both of these people are hyper movie nerds, and they are connecting over that. Um, I like that a lot, and so I definitely think there's going to be some romance there, just like there was in uh, Shokugeki. So looking You're forward right, to actually, that. It's a pretty natural establishment. It's kind of how it happens in real life, you know exactly yeah. connecting over shared interest stuff like that yeah so yeah um was there anything else no let's talk about uh let's talk about the other big one um we're just we're shooting for the stars all the big publishing things let's talk about chainsaw man chapter 127 let's do it this chapter is called save the asa um there was a previous chapter i don't remember if it was part two or in part one called save the cat i think that's in that's maybe the 
second or no, that's where the first time Chainsaw Man appears in part two, I think is a chapter called Save the Cat. Um, it's isn't that also like a kind of just a movie trope and a screenwriting yes. phenomenon? Save the it cat. It is, yeah. Save the cat is um there's a cat in a tree and the hero shows up to save it, and that proves to you that they are a good person. Uh ah. that is the that is the movie trope. So this is the this happens in like uh The Incredibles. Like there's literally a scene in The Incredibles of Mr. Incredible saving a cat out of a tree. Right. It's just it's just point. one of those things, but yeah, it's it's an incredibly kind of tropey show you they're a good person thing, but uh, that makes the end of this chapter even funnier then. Even funnier it than it already was. Yeah. Um a quick synopsis of where we are. The I guess we assume it's Gravity Devil, is that right? Or fall the falling devil. Falling falling devil, yeah. Yeah, falling devil has uh come <laughs> and they are here. Uh and they have found Asa and Yoru. Um and they're making her fall. This Man, speaking of like good character writing and like, I don't even know what to say other than there is an, I saw this, I saw a lot of affirmation on Twitter and Reddit of like, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word suicidal ideation, but clearly Asa is like, the Falling Devil tells her like, I can tell you don't have a good grasp on life like you don't really want to keep living you're just afraid of it'll hurt to die um and she's like i promise you it's not gonna hurt and asa's just like okay and she's like yep if you promise me it's not gonna hurt i will die um because nothing goes right for me i'm awkward i hate myself blah 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 all this stuff um i saw a lot of people relating to those kind of feelings uh and i think that's like something that chainsaw man has done in the past uh with Denji in part one and Asa in part two, a lot of this sort of like lack of self-confidence and not knowing who you are or where you belong or Denji's kind of sense of betrayal of all these people he trusts in part one, like really eats at him by the end of that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just, I just, I love the, I love the writing here. I think it's really smart. I think it's really mature, even though it's, we're kind of capstoned with something a little less mature, but like these, these two pages here, where Asa's yeah. falling, and it's like, it's true, I feel at peace, I won't cause trouble for everyone else, I won't have to lie in bed thinking about all the things I did wrong, uh, all I like, all I want is to fall asleep, and then it's, you know, and it's like, those are, like, for most people, we've felt those kinds of thoughts, like, you know, I, I did something wrong, I want to forget about it, you know, I just mm -hmm. want to feel at peace, like, even if you may not be depressed now, maybe you have been in the past. Um, these are thoughts, you know, that I felt at some point in my life, not not right Every now, human but being, right. It's I think so. Yeah, it's anxiety. It's, a, it's depressive yeah. episodes. Yeah, yeah. It's it's part of the human experience, and I think it's and I think Fujimoto is is such a weird author. In he he has these very this very solid explanation and characterization of the human experience and he tells it through mm -hmm. a manga called chainsaw man exactly. where like it's a chainsaw man fighting demons and devils and stuff and it's just it's just such a weird uh dichotomy between those two things but yeah and then <laughs> i i like i like the chainsaw man comes in and saves asa as she's falling here and instead of like you know, normally he would be like, I heard, I heard what you're saying. Don't say that. He just goes, come on. <laughs> come on. Hey. Come on. <laughs> I, I think Denji, I, I said this a few chapters ago. We didn't talk about it. I think Denji is probably the perfect, perfectly written idiot protagonist. Yes. Uh, 
I, I he got hit by like a mental attack that manifests all your depression, anxiety, and like worst moments in life. Uh, that's how the falling devil works. It makes you fall into despair or depravity. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chainsaw Man's solution to that was chainsawing his own brain so he didn't have to think about Chainsaw it. Chainsaw his brain. Brain can't think about bad stuff. Okay, mental yeah. attack done. And this is like yeah, a... Dude. He, I love that. It was the last chapter, but I love that because it isn't like, oh, I thought of this just now, and it's a you know, it's like a new attack. I mean, he's like, oh no, I know how to handle mental attacks. I've done this before. Like this is my <laughs> standard. This is my standard mo for uh, for mental attacks. But yeah, Chainsaw Man comes in and saves Asa from falling. Um, and she kind of fights against him. She's like, no, I was okay. Like I wanted to fall. I'm okay. I accept it. Like life's nothing but pain. And which is like, this is. I mean, again, it's just like I, I really like Asa as the sort of new, I don't say new main character, but as sort of the focus for part two. Uh, I, do, I do, too. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think her and Denji actually work as a couple. As it's weird so as that good. I, yeah, I really hope that that is explored a little bit more. And they don't necessarily have to end up together, quote unquote. But I, I these two interacting is some of my favorite stuff in part two. It's very, I agree. Yeah. Um. But I, again, I like the speaking of idiot protagonist, Denji's like, Denji likes cats, right? Because Power had a cat. Um, he's like, think of, so I saw someone point out that he, um, what is it? The, the three things he points out are like, think about like cats, ice cream, and something else. And it's like, what was it? Uh, I, I'm trying to think of the last one too. Cats, ice cream, something else. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, someone pointed out that it's like, oh, cats is like his attachment to power. I think the other thing was something from Aki, and then ice cream is like what his connection with with Nayuta, right? With uh, with Makima reborn. Um, right. So it, it's uh, like he it's, points it's out the three dogs. things. That he, is it just dogs? dogs? Is, uh, yeah, I think dogs is his connection, his love for Makima. Uh, yeah. Or maybe, yeah. Cream. Maybe that's what it was. Dogs, cats, cats power, ice cream. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe ice cream is his Aki attachment and dogs is Nayuta slash Makiba. Maybe something like that. I don't yeah. know. Uh, um, but anyways, like but again, it's, it's smart that like it's good character writing when instead of when a, a character pulls on their own experiences to talk to another character. This is just like if when you say it out loud, you're like, ah, oh, yes, uh, you know, Chainsaw Man should say things like they're, when he's trying to sort of sell the world and living back to Asa and say, um, you know, like there are things worth living for here. are The things worth living for, you could have your character say generic things like, I'll oh, think of like the sunrise or like smelling flowers on a beautiful day, right? These sort of generic things, but no, it's, it's good. It's better writing for Denji for Chainsaw Man in the situation to say things that he, that he likes, that he has personal, that have sort of invested him more in his own life, which is, again, his connections with these other characters, dogs, cats, ice cream, uh, the way those kind of relate to his experiences. It's just, again, I just can't praise it enough for being, like, subtle and yet obvious kind of character writing. It's just very good, so. I I completely agree. And I think you can even read these panels, and, like, it's good character writing, but he says it like like Denji would, like a a freaking high schooler would you know yes life seems super awesome and then it turns into a, a hamburger made a crap you know it's like it's it's crude but you you totally get what, he, what he's yeah, trying like to say here yeah. disasters keep piling up like hamburger made a crap right they look yeah. at each other and he's like yep it is right um i like that she, this is this is the part that everyone's talking about so we'll, we'll talk about it too because it's funny um 
Asa's like, how do you how do you get over that? How do you get over the stress of thinking that things are just getting worse and worse? I, I like this also where he says, I haven't. I'm not over it. Um, I've got something to live for, something I look forward to so much that I'm willing to eat that crap burger. <laughs> Asa says, what's that? And he says, sex. I want to have sex. And she's just <laughs> like, ah. And then the chapter ends. Um, that that's perfect. I I think that that's also so jarring. It's, like it's a, it's so fucking funny. First of all, Denji's a simple man. Uh, yeah. But it's also so jarring that it kind of snapped her out of her depressive stupor. You know. Yeah. Uh, it's great. It it's also just so good because I one of those like I I have and I'm not over it. I think one of the one of the character traits that I think is most interesting is one that I saw in Batman a couple of times, I want to say, where they're like, oh, Batman, you're so, like, brave. Or they're like, Batman's a man without fear. You don't fear anything. Um, I want to say he's talking to Robin or, or uh, Dick Grayson or somebody. Um, and Batman's like, no, like, I'm afraid all the time of everything. And, like, real courage is, like, continuing on or pressing on or facing those fears um this feels kind of similar to me where it's like all those depressive all those bad things happen to me still i'm still chainsaw man right i still got trapped in the infinity devils thing um but the power i have is pushing through it to in my pursuit for sexual intercourse yeah exactly yeah Den you're right denji is batman who wants to fuck and has no money exactly yes <laughs> something like that i don't know it's just uh, again i just can't no I, that, literally that can't good, praise it like enough that. for for good character writing and this at this chapter especially i think was a, was a such a good one to bring to the podcast because it's just got i mean people are talking about the funny sex joke at the end but like this is in character like denji spent yeah. the first half or 75 percent maybe of part one wanting to touch boobs um he's a simple man Yes, and he is—he is, he is well, upgraded. Well, he touched boobs. He says, "Okay, I have rounded what is boobs? First base, second base, second base, third, third base. I don't remember the bases anymore. I, I don't know. I don't know so, the bases. So I think it's one of the base. bases. I yeah, who knows? Um, but yeah, I anything else to say about Chainsaw Man? That was a great chapter. I'm looking forward to it. It's one of my favorite things every week. So uh, nothing else to say. It's fun as fuck. I am also looking forward to it. Yep. Um, I'm going to, there was one more thing I wanted to say. I'm predicting either next week or the week after we're going to be bringing Dandadan. I wanted to say what a fucking role Dandadan is on recently. I'm minor spoilers, but grandma space alien Marines. I'm into that. That is so, so cool. such a cool it's, it's, angle. Um, what a cool fucking concept. They, they look like, a, yeah, they're, they're all master chiefs, except they're, they're old women. Under yeah. The except helmet, it's old know? ladies. It's, it's yeah. so good. Um, that's, True, true female power. Um, cool. Well, I think that's it for manga. Um, anything else you wanted to mention in manga this week that caught your interest or wanted to say a few words about? Uh, yeah, just um, just a few words. Just shout out to Ranger Reject. Uh, this yeah. chapter was hype as fuck. Uh, if you haven't read it, it and you are keep, uh, if you like Ranger Reject, go go read it. It's it's really good. Incredibly, I a mic drop moment at the end. Um, you can go check yeah. out the white gray black YouTube channel. That guy, whoever he is, just dropped a short that was kind of funny about it. So, it, it, it was a good short. That's go my, watch it. That's my channel. Um, cool. Yeah, Ranger Reject always good. Ranger Reject and Dan to Dan are my sort of every week this is always good things that i read 
Yeah, it, it's funny you mentioned Dan Jen was on a roll because I was gonna I was gonna say it's like what it's like a hundred chapter roll. I was gonna right? say it's, like, it's it, literally always been on a roll, but yes, yeah. it is it is on like a hyped up fast roll right now. I it's going. I yeah. I think my one and not even a complaint. My one sort of curiosity was backstory for uh, what's her name, and now that we're like getting that, and that's I'm uh, like Godzilla girl um, for Godzilla girl. Yeah, who's I'm uh, bad with Japanese. Vamola. Uh, Mamola, yes. Um, uh, we're getting that now. It's great. Uh, cool. Anything else in manga? Uh, nope. Tell me what else you're interested in. Let's do some uh, some extra stuff at the end. What else are we reading, doing, want to see? Uh, yeah, I, I actually just want to see Suzume. Um, I do also. I, is it still showing anywhere? We should go see it. It, so it, is, it is, yeah. Uh, tickets on me this time if you, if you want to go see it uh, sometime it, yeah. coming up. Uh, I'm done. Uh, we'll plan that later. Anyway, yeah. uh, I saw your name in theaters like four or five times. It's insane. That's like your favorite movie ever, right? I, not ever, but it's like up there. You know, I really you like saw it. it f- four or five times in theaters. Like, I, I like that movie. I saw it once. And I, would, it was like, that was a very I, good I would movie. say it's a 10 out of 10 in my eyes, your name. Um, so it's one of them, you know, uh, yeah. for sure. I, I really liked it. I saw Weathering with You. I saw it once Um. I didn't like it that much. It's a bit of a haze in my brain, actually, because yeah. So this is these movies are all by uh, director Shinkai. named Makoto Shinkai, um, and he did uh, Kimi no Nawa, Your Name, which was a Garden massive successful hit. Um, yes, he did. Yeah, Garden of Worlds. He did. What was the other one you just said? Uh, um, Weathering, Weathering with, you. with you. And he did one more, but. but the big thing is I do not think he has found the same success as your name yet. I've heard this one is pretty good, though. Suzume. Yeah, I've heard this is better than Weathering with You and worse than Your Name, which is... Yeah, well, yeah, I mean... Totally, that's totally fine with me. I thought Your Name was... I don't think he can make another movie as good as that, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, it's hard to start that high. Um, yeah, so this is called Suzume... Where's the Japanese name I had it here? Uh, Suzume no Tojimari, which is Suzume's Looking Up or maybe Suji, Suzume looks at the sky or something. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm curious to see this too. We should definitely go see it because I, visually his movies are always very good. Um, you can just watch, yeah. I think Garden of Worlds is like 20 or 30 minutes long, maybe like 40 minutes long, kind of like a mini movie. Um, some a, a little bit of dubious topic there, like there's like a teacher-student romance, uh, but or is that Garden of Worlds or is that a different one? That's like in the... I have not seen Garden of Sinners. No, that's a totally different. I'm getting mixed up. Um, anyways, but yeah, I, I'm super curious to see this. I, I have heard it is better. That it's yeah, like you said, better than Weathering with You. Not as good as Your Name. You know, at the very least, I I didn't like Weathering with You, but I had a good experience watching it simply because it's beautiful. Yes. Um, so even though I had issues with the plot and characters, I thought the movie was a good experience. I think th- this will be the same. Cool, yeah. And it has like a Ghibli vibe, about. right? They have little what? critters and they have like little critters and inanimate objects with eyes on them. Uh, yeah, this one, I, I think the guy like turns into a chair or something for yeah. some part, all the movie, most of the movie. I don't know. It, that's what it looked like. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it has some Ghibli aspects, it looks like. So, I'm, cool. I'm curious. Neato. Um, I have been reading this past, I think I'd maybe I just start last night or two nights ago. Um, this series is called Medalist. This is by uh, Tsuruma Ikida, or I- Ikada, Ikada. Um, this is a story about an ex 
professional sort of near Olympic level ice dancer coach who's the guy on this cover and um he like essentially he sort of fails at the Japan Nationals which is kind of one step removed from Olympics he like doesn't place you kind of get some backstory of like oh he failed like a he was in couples ice dancing um but he meets this he meets this cute little girl and she wants to be a, a figure skater and he's like wow she's really pretty good it's a pretty classic kind of sports trope thing but like man there's just a lot of like crying i like you read like the first chapter or two and you're like yep i can this is going to break me when she wins or when she loses doesn't matter there's lots of crying there's lots of tears it's very emotional uh very kind of sports tropey um but like the characters that. are great the art's good uh the writing's really good this got announced to have a anime adaptation i think a couple of weeks ago um which is kind of something that usually pushes me to pick things up because i want to be able to talk about them when people watch the anime but yeah i mean the art in this is really good the um action paneling when they are doing the ice dancing the ice skating uh is really good um, and a lot of sports manga don't really have this. Um, so, I mean, yeah, like every time she's done like maybe two or three performances in the maybe five chapters I've read. Uh, but yeah, every time there's a performance, it's like, yeah, okay, I can like, I can connect these together. I can see this. The flow is really good. So this is, I mean, this has got a lot going for it. I'm definitely going to keep reading this. Um, super good series so far. I already like the premise. It seems, uh, I mean, it seems like a lot of sports stuff, but I'm a sucker for that yeah. trope, you know? Um, yeah. As long as it doesn't end like Whiplash, you know, <laughs> we're good. It, it does not have the same tone or vibes uh, as Whiplash, so I think, I think we'll be okay there. Um, yeah, but Imagine. I mean, just there's just a lot of, it's, I, mean, I feel like just saying, it's a lot of really good writing doesn't tell you much, but there's a lot of sort of hidden... Uh, kind of trauma with the coach because he one of the things that connects him to this little girl is he like started late there's apparently this big thing it's like oh if you want to be a master class figure skater you have to start when you're like five or six you have to start really young and do it and it's expensive and your parents have to be into it um and this coach guy started when he was 14 uh and he kind of learned the hard way by failing a bunch and so he sees this girl she's like 10 or 9 or 10 i think and he's like oh it's people are telling this girl it's too late but it's not she's got even a head start of over i was and i can keep her from making the same mistakes so they have that connection of both kind of starting later to be to being ice skaters figure skaters um but it's just i mean it's just really good like it just there's a lot of good character stuff that connects these two um he's goofy and then he gets on the ice and is like wow he's like really good again he was like one he was like barely removed from being an olympic medalist base or an olympic com competitor i guess from japan um but yeah, just just a really good little sports series. Uh, there's only I want to say like maybe twenty or twenty five chapters published right now. Let me double check. Did they, did they explore like the the crippling emptiness that follows having one direct passion for like the formative years of your life and that just ending and it being like, oh, you can't do that anymore. You're not good enough. Actually, let, let me yes, in chapter one they address this. Um, okay. It's the, they also address the little girl has a really interesting uh, relationship with her mother. Like, man, her mother comes off like kind of like a bitch early on where she's like, 
no, like it's what well, it's too late. Your older sister tried it and you know, she I don't remember if she like hurt herself or just stopped trying at like fourteen, fifteen. She's like, Same thing's gonna happen to you. Like, I'm not paying for this, find a new passion, find something else to do. But she's like, No, I really wanna do it and then in the chapter I just read was like her mom watches her perform and she like wins one of her first competitions and the mom's like, I was wrong. I'm sorry. Why didn't you tell me you wanted this? And so it's a nice little redemption arc of like, oh, this stupid bitch mother doesn't support her child to like, oh, she just didn't know because her child isn't good at communicating. There's a little bit of like, uh, like what, the, but what the fuck? You're her mom. Yeah, if your child's well, bad at communicating, you should know anyway. Like figure they, it out. I, yeah, I mean, they explain it in a little bit better way. I think, and I think a lot of what I've seen of this kind of discussed on Twitter, I don't want to like, I hate to like even call it out, but like there's a little bit of an implication that the, that the girl might have be like you know like on the on the scale of autism somewhere because it talks about her like not being able to communicate fully. She has communication troubles. She has trouble relating. She gets made fun of because she like as not like abused, but she's been like bullied at school, obviously because she she pay she can't pay to go skating on her own. But the owner of the skating rink like raises birds and so he's like oh if you dig up some worms for my birds and give them to me i'll let you skate and so she's been doing that for like years and the kids find her digging up worms and are like oh it's weird but it's all really uh interesting oh and she's also got like a she has like a tactile so like one i'm not not a doctor also not autistic so i don't know everything about it but one of the things with autism a lot of times is like a like a tactile like your feeling is either extra sensitive or like provides comfort or something and she has this thing where uh because she's dug up so many worms she like grabs the like i've tried like the little tightening tassels of like a hood you know that the coach has like on his jacket like when she gets like anxious before performances she like grabs those because it like reminds her of worms and stuff anyways all that to say that there's kind of a reason the mom is a little bit dismissive and, and unconnected with her. But like I said, it's it's turning around already in the couple of chapters I've read. So really good series. Lots of layers and depth to it. Um, again, can't recommend it enough. I, like th- this is this is interesting, right? Because uh, not related to this manga in particular, but this trope of the parent who uh, saw one of their children like fail or get hurt and how it affected them. And they severely mm-hmm. restrict their second child or something for that reason. It mm-hmm. happens a lot. Um, it does. And I find it hard to say, Oh mom, I understand where you're coming from. You are redeemed because I understand where she's coming from right from the beginning. Right? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of heavy handed usually, but it's always like, you didn't even talk to your child. You didn't even see, see your child like in, in, in the piano one, it's kind of the opposite effect, but, like, it's like, you didn't see your child play the piano once, you know? It's like, you didn't see your child ice skate once? Like, come on. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I feel like even after the redemption arc, it's like, it's not an I empathize with you now moment, because you had your reasons for doing what you did. It's like, I understand your reasons from the beginning, and you're redeemed a little bit, but I'm still angry at you. So don't be in the yeah. series that much Well, anymore. and I'm... And I'm... I'm reducing it a little too far because the mom isn't, she isn't like totally unsupportive. She, cause she's still like, she like pays for lessons and buys her skates. And like, so she like the mom before her first performance, like stays up all night, like sewing sequins on her performance dress. So the mom is like, 
okay. The, the mom is like multi-layered in a sense that it's like, she doesn't, you know, her older sister didn't do this. She doesn't know, is this really what you want? Are you just a child, you know, chasing butterflies or chasing fireflies or whatever? Um, so it's, again, it's like very understandable and the, the communication stuff with her daughter and all that. But, but yeah, but again, the mother is, like I said, multifaceted because it's like, yeah, she does stay up all night and so sequins on her dress. She does go to her performance. She does pay for the lessons. So she's not like totally unsupportive. She's just kind of like, uh, shit, like, is this really the thing that you want to just, like, go all in on? Is this really the thing you want to commit to? But then, like I said, she sees her first performance, and it's like, okay, yes, you really do want to do this. You really are very good. You won. Um, But yeah, I, I again... Really She's, like, serious. protecting her daughter from failure kind of thing. Right, right. It. Oh, yeah, and I was going to say, it's it's funny you mention that, because I'm a second child. I'm a, I have an older brother, Um, and I have, like, a first-hand experience of, like, oh, the older brother... You know, the parents try something with the older brother and it doesn't work, so they just don't make me do it. They made my older brother, uh, we had like an acre of land where I grew up, um, and they made my older brother mow that. When he was maybe like 13 or 14, my dad had a, a riding lawnmower, um, and they made my older brother mow the lawn once, uh, and he he and I both are pretty, have some allergy issues. He has a little bit more than me or did at the time, um, and he was out of school for like two weeks when they oh, made him shit. mow the lawn. And so I never had to mow the lawn. So like, yeah, this is very understandable of like, if the, they try something with the older sibling, if it doesn't work, just don't even make the second one do it. Because they were just like, well, you know, even if I'm half as sensitive as my older brother and I mow the lawn and I'm out for one week instead of two weeks, like that's still not good. So yeah, that's definitely an understandable parental uh, choice there. I think it's like all beneficial, you know, unless like something severe or like a, life-changing injury or something happens i think it's all beneficial like let kids fail that's they yeah. learn from that you know like I, I think it's fine but either way uh it sounds interesting i like the art uh the art really the, col the coloring is really cool too so i'm the covers for uh, this i i had yeah. a hard time picking one cover to bring because all the covers for this are actually really good so yeah um and it's a i want to say it's a monthly publish because like every chapter is like 70 pages long so this is like a it's good because reading a chapter gets you like a lot of sort of cohesive single storytelling in, the, in a single chapter, which is something I like. So, and what is this called again? Medalist. Medalist. Yes. Got it. Okay. Medalistu is the Japanese. Uh, yeah, by Tsuruma Ikada. Uh, yeah, but again, another really good series. I don't know if you noticed, but uh, I usually only read good series. I have a hard time bringing something to like more stuff that's like this is bad. Because if I start reading something bad, I just kind of pass on it and move on to something yeah. else that's better. So, unless it's like Hero Academia, where you've been reading it and there's Still, like the sunk yeah, cost policy kind of thing. That is the only. I think that is one of the only truly bad series that I've hung on to. I think I hang on to a lot of bad stuff, um, depending on if it's like a guilty pleasure fun bad. Uh, that's okay if, if we're talking guilty pleasure fun bad. Yeah, I there's some other stuff. I still read. What is it? The the girlfriend one. time stop brave well rent a girlfriend i don't think rent a girlfriend's as bad as everybody says but yeah rent a girlfriend's been pretty bad recently um yeah time stop brave i read i read religiously uh the slave one that i'm shouldn't be called like change soldier i'll use the yeah, chain yeah that's Maho, not no that's not great but slave. also i think it is i think it has really good art um so there are a couple things like, that are kind of bad it's horny as fuck but i thought it was I fun from what i read yeah, it's yeah. Uh, I think when that get when that anime releases, I think that'll be a big one because I think that's legitimately like pretty, pretty good under the bones of Echi that it's got. So cool. Yeah. Anything else uh, you want to chat about this week? Uh, nope. I think we covered a lot. 
let's get out of here then. Uh, thank you everyone for listening or watching. Don't forget to check out my YouTube channels, White, Gray, Black, if you want to check out um, if you want to check out the sort of other content that I do around manga, and the WGB Weekly Manga Podcast channel uh, if you want to check out the VODs. Um, if you want to listen to us, if you're watching us, uh, like I often do when I walk my dog, we're on all your major podcast providers. We're on Apple, we're on Spotify, um, we're on RSS if you want to download us directly. Um, and please, one of the things you can do most to help us is just positively reinforce us, give us a like, a subscribe, give us a thumbs up, whatever the podcast or YouTube channels need. Just go and do that. It's super easy. We really appreciate it. Uh, if you really want to help us out, there is a Patreon over at patreon.com slash WGBmanga. Uh, you can hear some bonus episodes we've recorded talking about some non-manga stuff, some anime, some video games, stuff like that. Um, yeah, just getting us more eyes and ears is always appreciated. Uh, if you want, you can check me out on Twitter at WGBmanga. If you want to suggest something maybe we should be reading or talking about, uh, do it there. That's always great. And, and as always, thank you so much for being with us this week, and please come back next week. See you later. And don't forget to read more manga.